Welcome to the Every Day is Saturday podcast. The number one motivation show on the planet. No more Mondays for you. It's time to make every day Saturday. Boom! This is the podcast where we help you to accept who you are, not where you are. On the roller coaster of life, you know we only sit in the front seat champion, so make sure you are fastened in. Let's go. Tired of feeling run down all the time during the week? We can help you make every day feel like it's a Saturday. Let's go pack your bags. It's time to leave Averageville. Introducing the man who thinks abnormal stands for above normal. When you're on fire, people will travel from miles around to watch you burn, baby. We are fired up. The host of the Every Day is Saturday show, Sam Crowley. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Everyday Saturday podcast. Sam Crowley here with my good friend, Angie Whited. I'm going to give Angie an intro. I think the best way to introduce Angie would be... Now, she's going to add to this, I'm sure. Don't talk, Angie. I'm going to try to do the best intro I can. Uh, Entrepreneur, businesswoman, mom, amazing copywriter that I know firsthand. Because if you've seen any of my YouTube ads, that's me doing... But that's Angie's writing. Angie, welcome to the Everyday Saturday podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so pumped to be with you and to think. Like, I don't even know what today is, but it's definitely Saturday. Every day feels like a Saturday, right? It has to. So, Angie, uh, we're friends. We are also uh, work together in business. And also, what did I miss about that intro? I tried to keep it general. We'll oh. get into the specifics, but what else? I is there mean, anything else? Yeah. Well, no, except you kindly didn't reveal how long I've been doing business and marketing and all such things and being a mom because that would date me. So yeah, but it's, oh, it's well. been a long, many circles around the sun. <laughs> uh, yeah. That. Well, we'll get to, yeah, we'll get to the age and we'll date you. No worry about that, man. We'll figure <laughs> out, we'll, we'll, we'll connect all the dots to the dates. Don't worry about that. I'm so glad so, I agreed to do this. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Now that we're on, you can't back. I mean, I guess you could back out, but it would make for a two minute podcast. So Angie, entrepreneurship. <laughs> This audience loves people, the dreamer, the doer, the entrepreneur, people that take risks and all of that good stuff. How long have you been an entrepreneur? Start with that. Well, so I have a really, I go way back. So over 20 years, you know, I, um, I was a young mom. I had my first baby at 16, which is like, I don't recommend it. Right. But like, that's kind of like the difference in inspiration and motivation in life. Like, you know, you can hear people's cool stuff and feel, Oh, I'm so inspired by them. This is so great. But like, if you want motivation, like go lease a Mercedes that you can't afford or like have a kid. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the train's moving. It has a destination and you get on or just don't do anything. So I knew I had to do something. And, um, I actually, had just started visiting college so much like you you know credits were very nil at that point I, oh, I actually yeah. graduated early and started college yeah but I only visited and I left and I went and like begged my way into this corporate job working for developers here in Naples Florida and um I was doing great you know I was like 17 rocking it out making all this money and just doing it because I had to I was totally operating on instinct right and killing it with numbers and then one day I stumbled upon a course at a garage sale for this like real estate thing how to make money in pre-foreclosures and I was like oh cool 10 bucks I was like yeah you know why not and so I'm flipping through it and I'm like a lot of this makes so much sense because of what I'm doing for these developers 
well, I'm just going to give it a shot. And I actually like went to my dad and I was like, hey, you know, I don't understand this one part. You used to do this when I was a kid. No problem. So anyway, I six weeks later, all of a sudden, I found myself with two checks, one for 26000 and one for 24000 And I was just like literally ignorance on fire. You know what How I mean? How old were you? Sometimes I was I, at that point I was 22. Wow. You know, 22 years old. From 17 to 22, I'd been working for these developers. I'm 22 years old. And it was just, I think that I'd operated so young having kids that it was like, there is no such thing as no. What? You can't do something in life? Like, that's crazy. Of course, you can do anything, right? And so I yeah. never got like clouded or jaded. So anyway, I, I find this event. This is kind of like my start to like entrepreneurship, right? Yeah. I find the event of the guy who... I bought the course at the garage sale from and now now like in retrospect and Sam I know you know this being at seminars there's like a science to putting on a seminar oh, yeah. right like every break has to be a certain thing you can't like you know can't change the schedule at all but so this guy takes a break he comes off the stage this guru and I go up to him and I'm like hey I'm Angie I'm 22 it's great to meet you I just wanted to let you know you know thanks for everything and show you a copy of these two checks I bought your course at a garage sale for 10 bucks and six weeks later, this is what happened. And he's like, you have to get up on stage. And I said, well, there's like 500 people here. <laughs> and he said, yeah, I know. I was like, yeah. So anyway, it was really great to meet you. That's obviously not going to happen. So, but thank you. And I like went to <laughs> yes, my stage and like tried to yeah. hide. <laughs> so of course he gets back up on stage and tells the whole interaction that we had to the audience. So he's like, so come on up here, Angie. And like all these people are clapping. And I see like the 500 people going like this, like looking for this person in the room. Yeah, and I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> what now? So anyway, I get up there. I work through it. We had overhead projectors back then for any of you that even know what those were. The acetates. They got the marker and they draw yes. the plastic sheets. Yes. Yeah. And you can like get a new plastic sheet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stick, stick figures and all that good stuff. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, he let me go for like 35 minutes. I was legitimately the picture of ignorance on fire, having a great time, crowds laughing, working through these deals. And then I just started pitching him because it was just the right thing to do. It wasn't anything I'd ever planned or thought of doing, right? No strategy there. And so he went to another break, 35 minutes after a break had just happened, which is crazy, and sold like 30 grand. So after that event, asked me to the green room and handed me a check for 15 grand and was like, you know, you want to be in the seminar business now, like create a coaching program and like, let's make a thing of this. And so that was that. All of a sudden I was in the seminar business. So I did that for a while, speaking on someone else's stage but I did have kids at home I had three little girls at the time and it got to the point where I was like I, I can't be a road dog you know 300 yeah. days a year preaching lifestyle so I opened up shop with my own seminar business it's just two a year super high level $30,000 a year coaching program and how old were you at the time that was that so I would have been 20 almost 24 25 ish by this point Okay, when time I, out, time yeah. out, time <laughs> out. What, what, what are we doing? Okay, 17 has first child. Yeah. 24, 25, running a seminar business twice a year at 30 grand a pop now with three kids. Okay, so we got to go back. There's some dots that got to be connected here, Angie. Hold yeah. on a second. 
that word, that phrase, ignorance on fire, just jumped out at me. I love that. So, I mean, holy cow, being a teenage mom, when did you, okay, so when you found that book in the bookstore for 10 bucks that got you those first two, well, you got the deals, but taught you about how to mm -hmm. even, you know, this foreclosure business. Yeah. How old were you when you found that book? And why would you even think at that age that you could do a deal in foreclosure? Like, how did you even have any confidence? So, well, you know, from 17 to 22, I was leasing luxury apartments in Naples and marketing, you know, like the marketing person for those properties doing all Who would hire of... a 17 and 18 year old to lease luxury well, apartments? Thing. You know, to be honest, Sam, I begged my way into that job. I, I just went to look for an apartment when I was 17 so I could get up out of my parents' house and like, be <laughs> a real adult at 17. And I thought to myself, well, this looks like a really fun job. They're driving around in a golf cart and like showing me, you know, giving me a tour. I could do that. So I went to them and I was like, you know, can you hire me? And they're like, well, you're actually too young. You know, you have to be 18 to have this job. And I begged my way into the job. And I said, listen, I know I can do this. I mean, I'm going to live here. I'm clearly already an adult. I have a child and yeah. I'll work for 30 days for free. Just give me a shot. And they did pay me, but they did hire me. And then, like, I remember I filled it up. There was, like, two-thirds of the complex, you know, of, like, a 300-unit building, you know, situation that needed to happen. And, like, I did it in record time, the rest of it, because I worked harder than everybody, you know, everybody. Because you needed to. You needed to make money. Because I had money. to. I, absolutely. Yeah. That's the motivation. When you have to, you just have to, right? There's no time to like stop and like cry about it. Like I could have been, <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm, I mean, I'm 17 and I have this baby and my world's falling apart. And now I'm not going to be a lawyer like I always dreamed or now I'm not going to do this. It's like, no, I didn't have time to stop and ask why or cry about anything. I just had to keep going. So, yeah, I mean, they came down a few months later and I was like, oh, man, I'm going to get fired <laughs> because I'm 17. But it's actually like corporate coming down saying, hey, you like you've killed it and we want to give you this new property that we're building. So I had experience not in the same type of real estate, but sort of just in that genre. So I wasn't afraid of the yeah. genre. And it was actually really interesting to me. Um, but yeah, I think a, a lot of it just came down to that constant like plow mode, right? And never say never to me. Like there's nothing that I can't do. I felt powerful at that age. That, that's, a, that's, that's incredible. So you go on to buy your first couple of foreclosure properties and you make 10 grand. How, uh, what were the amounts again of the two properties? 26,000 and 24,000. 50 grand. Yeah. 50 grand. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, when we, you know, when, when we talk to people in their 30s and 40s and 50s, mm -hmm. some lose that. I mean, most people lose that. That yeah. what I'm talking about when I say that, I mean that, that you know, ignorance on fire. Like, I'm just mm -hmm. going to do it. I have to do it. There's no other choice. We start getting into, well, I got a nice 401k. You know, I never advocate somebody just quit their job like I did, you know, mm -hmm. and just go for it. But yeah. if there's a lot of that comfortableness in people's lives as they grow older they get they just get these more responsibilities and the golden handcuffs and they can't do this and they can't it's almost it's it's almost counterintuitive you become successful in your career or whatever it is because you went to college you finished college you go into the corporate world you get the job you can't lose the job you got the mortgage to pay you come out on fire at 17 mm -hmm. 18 years old mm -hmm. flipping property starting a seminar business all because you had to you know what i mean like it doesn't even yeah it it's because i had to yep but and also 
people do lose it because we get jaded and we get too familiar with what can happen, right? And so there's like this anxiety, I think, associated with business and doing great things. It's like, you know, if you're spending too much energy in the past, you're like, why didn't I? I could have, I should have, you know, I would have. And then if you're looking too far into the future and thinking about it and like getting all hosed up about it in your mind, you're like, but what if I can't? What if I fail? What if these things? And so people just kind of talk themselves, I think, sometimes right out of greatness. Um, But at 17, I didn't, wasn't keenly aware of things that could go wrong. You know what I mean? When you're a kid, it's like, you're not thinking about what can go wrong. You're just thinking like, I'm going to do it. I'm immortal. I got this. Yeah, I know. I got it. Funny thing, because I'm fast forwarding a little bit, but I'm not into like my story, but just into that. I was asked one time, and I think I might've shared this with you at one point when we were talking, but I was asked one time after a football game at FSU by a DuPont, you know, what is one thing that you can teach me about business that I don't already know? And I said, well, you know, with all due respect, I mean, you're a DuPont. There's probably nothing I can teach you, (laughs) you know? He said, well, give me, hit me, try it. Tell me what you did. What was your secret to success? And I said, you know, as I, my businesses kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and we'll talk about that, I would be get at a crossroads. And so when all those complications that happen as adults started happening in life and in business, I would take my kids to dinner and sit them down and give them the scenario minus any people, right? So it didn't have layers of complications. There was no more complexity. And just give them the scenario and say, all right, what do I do? And it's amazing how quickly the kids could find the bottom line. Like it's not gray, it's black or white. Like here it is, this is the answer and this is what you have to do. And then I knew what I had to do is just go have complicated conversations or whatever it was that I had to do. But keeping it really simple and having that like childlike mindset, like there is no barrier is really a a big key factor, I think, to my success. And this wasn't some guy named Joe Smith who worked at DuPont. This was actually... Like his last name was DuPont. <laughs> his last name was DuPont, yeah. yeah. From the yeah. DuPont family. Okay, and he's asking you for advice. Tell me something I've never learned in business. Yeah, and he was like, holy cow, like that's pretty amazing. Like I never even thought about that. That's actually really, you know. Yeah. But yeah, just super so you cool. got the So you start the seminar business, and mm-hmm. why did you start that business? And for $30,000 for twice a year, what was the business model at the time? So the business model was actually, it was between 2,500 and 5,000 to attend the three-day event. And at the event, I, I sold my $30,000 per year coaching program. So they would be with us for a whole year to learn these methods of real estate, right? And so actually- You're not old enough 20, to sell a coaching program, Angie. I used to hear Come that on. all the time. Like, like, you look like you're in high school. How the hell are you going to help me? <laughs> you know? But yeah, and actually- I really switched up the model because I'd been on the road with someone else for such a long time. And a lot of those events are like three days of commercials. You know, it's like this person's product and this person's speaking and go to the back table and buy this and this and this. And I'm like, it's really not that complicated. Again, with the overcomplicating of things, right? This isn't what people really need. Like this is all they really need, you know? And so that's what I did. So there were no like outside speakers except a couple actual tools that you might need like a CRM or something. Um, but yeah, I was just kept it really, really simple twice a year. That was it. So if you're coming, if you want in, you got to come to one of these. And that was because I didn't want to be preaching lifestyle out on the road all the time. Yeah, no, I, I love it. What, 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 uh, what kind of earnings were you doing on a yearly basis at that time so, at the age of 24, 25? Yeah. At the ripe age of like 24, 25, I was averaging about 3.8 million a year 
just with those two events and then having the coaching people. Well, we had about a 33% profit margin, which was great. Um, you know, it was a really good business model. It was simple. I, I never missed a volleyball practice or a game and, you know, had all of those things happening that were important to my life were happening at that time. But unfortunately, I mean, we all know what happened in 2008, right? Yeah. Market yeah. Talk about it. Yeah. What happened? Yep. I mean, so I'm sitting there as November of 2008 and I'm at an event here in Naples, Florida and right behind like the big screen, I'm just getting ready to go up on stage to close out this event. And I had this meeting with my team and I said, guys, this has been a great run. This is, you know, I appreciate everyone so much, but we all see what's happened. Nobody's going to travel for real estate anymore. So what we're going to do is just shut down for 2009, take the year off, do some R&D, and we're going to launch online in 2010. And we did. And I launched this offer in 2010 called Recession Crusher, thought it would crush. And it was still about real estate. So I had probably like a hundred grand or so in ad spend right out the door. Didn't work. Shut it down after two weeks and said, we've got to pivot. Nobody's ready for real estate yet. So you dropped a hundred grand. Nobody bought. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you know, when you're doing things like that, there's no failures in marketing, just testing, right? (laughs) Yeah, I guess. Unless it's six (laughs) figures, right? Yeah. But hey, if you don't believe in yourself, who's going to believe in you, right? Yeah. So yeah, I was willing to make the test and had the money from reserves from what we had done to do it. But anyway, just did a quick pivot, opened up how to make money online. And holy cow, it took off. And this is like, you know, the January of 2010, you know, we'd taken off the whole year before and it went crazy. I think we did something like $11 million in the first nine months. Um, just nuts. You know, I was at one point up to like a thousand sales a day of like a hundred, hundred and fifty dollar order. It was like insanity what was going on. And, um, yeah, I mean, from there, like the sky was kind of the limit, you know, I ended up with in-house general counsel, spending a lot of my days with like lobbyists and, you know, how do I buy down chargebacks? You know, how do I do this? Like just really complicated stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That wasn't fun anymore, right? And that business averaged out somewhere in probably I'd say like the 30 million-ish range per year. Yeah. Um, I was taking home about 1.8, which was awesome, but I was losing a lot of other things too. Yeah. Yep. So that's uh that's pretty wild. I mean, that that's a that's a trajectory you don't hear much about. Especially, I mean, I, I mean forget your age even though that's crazy young to be out there making millions of dollars and you know, when you do that kind of, there's got to be something inside of you. That's why I went back to the mindset of going back to when you're 17, 18 years old. Like, why would you even think that you had permission to operate in that yeah. world going after that kind of money? And the answer is you had to, you had no other choice. So now you get into, you know, the online world and you got a successful launch. What's going on in your personal life? So it's funny what you just said too. You know, why did I, I think also when I had that, when I had my daughter, I made her a lot of promises that day, (laughs) just me and her. And I knew that's why I had to. Um, But uh, what was happening is that I looked like this girl, you know, and my ex-husband, we were dynamic together and, you know, meeting all these great people and having these relationships. So we had premier ad space on MSN and all these different big outlets and things. And um, I just, I looked like the girl who had it all together. Mm-hmm. Right. But really, I was being abused at home. And 
it was embarrassing. It was hard for me to even talk myself, you know, through some days. My mom didn't even know. I kept it a super secret. I think part of it too, when you're that young and inexperienced in a lot of things, I felt responsible for everybody else on my team that benefited from the size of the company and their families that would be affected if things fell apart. And, you know, I don't, I think it might almost be a little arrogant too, to think that like, oh, like these people aren't going to be okay if I'm not, you know, if this happens. Um, but that just comes with, with wisdom and age, you know, but I finally got the courage to say enough is enough. And I left. And this is where the story really gets interesting because I had everything, right? Finally got the courage to leave. And like I suspected, he was embarrassed, wanted everything. And I thought, you know what? If that's really what it what it means to you, if it's about the money, if it's about... Because I don't think that, you know, when you go through life and you make money, I don't think that money makes you a worse off or a better person. I think it just mm-hmm. makes you more of what you already are when yep. you have it, you know? Yep. And so 100%. it was it was a super uh, departure for the two of us and how we handled those things and what was important in life, um, barring the fact that I was being abused. And so when I got the courage to leave, he said, I want it. You know, you're I don't want to you know, this is really important to me and I want all this stuff. And like it was a lot of tumultuous stuff happening. And I just said, you know what? Keep it. If that's that important to you you go on with your bad self because I built it once and I'll do it again. So I was like yeah. right back in that 17 year old, like, I got Here we go again. Here we go again. Let's get the band back together. <laughs> and so that went relatively quickly because I didn't fight. I mean, and I'm just yeah. like, here, you want to take it. And then shortly after that, I found out that my kids were being abused. Mm. And mm. that was a game changer, mm. right? I had operated all this time in my life working toward this business, this money, these money goals, these stakes are so high, you know, the next million and the next this, and can I do it like I was playing Monopoly, right? Yeah. But it never really affected me because I was never really attached to the money. It was more about, can I do that? Like, or not even can I, just like, watch me do that. Oh, I'll do, I'll get there, I'll get to the next level, right? Now, all of a sudden, I'm in a position where the whole reason I'd created all this to begin with was for my girls. So they would look at me and go, oh, my gosh, you know, like, that's my mom. And maybe yeah. in some ways be proud of me. And, and, and that would be their example of leadership, right? And when I found out they were being abused and I went to ask for help, that's where things got really crazy. And so he obviously at that point this was a miscalculation on my part, had all of our money and I had <laughs> just what I walked away with. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, comes into court and actually ended up taking two of the girls away and did that strategically because he was afraid he was going to get in trouble for all the things that he'd been doing. Oh, wow. And so I spent the next six and a half years of my life fighting for my kids. Six um, and a half years? Six and a half years. There was a period of two years where I didn't even see my baby's face. She was just after her third birthday when this happened. And, um, you know, I'm fighting every day and he's fighting against me, trying to flip this like it's something it's not. And it was 
it was just the most unbelievable experience. And so for six and a half years, you're going through something like you're in the fire, you know, in the lion's den. And, you know, I, I had those moments where I'm like, okay, God, like what I get it. What's the lesson? Like, is it patience? Check. You know, is it resilience? Check, check. Like, when is it up? Like, why is this happening? Until I realized to stop asking why, you know what I mean? Yeah. Everything that you do in life that's significant, even if it's painful, has lessons. And arguably, had I not made it to that level of success in business, I would have never been equipped to handle the real mission and the real fight that was on my hands in the middle of that crisis for six and a half years. I wouldn't have been even capable of going through that had I not had that other experience. And so coming out of it it's like now what you know yeah. if i went through that for six and a half years it can't be for nothing it's got to be for something man i can't even imagine yeah. i can't even imagine i mean not seeing my kids i see my kids every day my wife obviously if my yeah. wife didn't if you know every it, look i'm not even gonna try to pretend i understand the situation because i don't i i've never been in that situation so yeah. i can just imagine trying to imagine without ever being in it my wife not being able to see one of our kids our four kids for six and a half years I think, you know, that would crush her. I don't know if she'd make it. I mean, I know she would because she's a strong person, but that is just yeah. next level amazing resilience. So what happened after six and a half years? What, how did so it, what was the outcome? Yeah, I mean, after six and a half years, um, it boiled down to a really strong order and he's gone. I mean, he's nowhere around, you know, he isn't allowed to be around anybody and everybody's safe and that was the point, right? Yeah. And I remember the judge asking me like, you know, questions about the older girls. And I'm like, you know, honestly, at this point, they're adults. I feel like it's their story to tell if it's all good with everybody else, you know, let's just get them safe and, and everybody have time to like heal. You know, I mean, there was times where I felt like Moses's mama shipping him right up in the basket <laughs> in the river, you know, yeah. so scary. Why is this happening? How, but, but what is the point? Every crisis, every situation, every cross that you have to bear, there are miracles that you can find. And in that, you know, in the lessons in that, when the stakes are that high, like learning how to operate based on your instincts and, and continuing to go. And like you said, your wife, you know, but yes, well, she wouldn't be able to do that, but no, you know what? She probably would because she is really oh, she strong. Would, yeah. I said right? that thinking, right. I don't know how she would ever be able to, but now I know my wife of 25 years, she would, exactly. she'd hunt and me she, down, man. Yeah, she would. I mean, there is no mountain, there is no ocean, nothing that can separate the bonds yeah. and the love, you know, that you have for yeah. your children. And so sometimes it just takes that fortitude. And when you think you're running low on strength, somehow you have to just find it because you do. Yeah. And through all that time, through that six and a half year period of time, you still had to earn income. I did. Right? I, I did. Mean, what were yep. you doing? Um, well, I was working, uh, creating consulting programs for a big guru, <laughs> you know, <laughs> still in the same type of space, you know, marketing, book launching, things like that. And it was really difficult to focus, but I knew I had to. And the other thing is I still had two girls at home that needed me. And they were going through their own separation and loss because of what was happening. And I knew that they needed to see me fighting every day, you know, more importantly than what I felt like waking up every day, just suiting up and bringing my blessing to the game and letting the chips fall where they fall. But 
you know, you can't quit. Yeah. Boy, something tells me there's a book in there somewhere. <laughs> it's coming. I, you know, it's so funny. It, it took me a few years. So after all this happened and the dust kind of settled and yeah. I'm back and we're all back and all of us girls and we're so strong and, you know, I've had these years now, it's been about five and a half years that I've had where it's just peace. I had to really stop and think like, now that that's done, what is it that I want to do again? And, and there's a very big difference between what I do, right? Cause you need to do something to like make money and like have income and like keep your brain going. Right. Yep. And who I am. There are two very different things. Um, but what I wanted to do had to be looking back at all the things that I'd done in my life and what all those businesses were and all the different elements that were required to make each one tick. Yeah. The things that I loved the best were coaching and copywriting, right? And like, I'm, I love copywriting. Like I'm, it's, I'm all about it. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, you're you really know, good at it. I can attest to that. Yeah. Day. Thanks. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm with a dream team when it comes to what I do, you know, at ad outreach, 60th fastest growing company in the nation. I mean, they're just really wanting to empower people to take their marketing back in their own hands. And it is the best team that I've ever found company-wise, culture-wise. Their actual just genuine care and concern for clients is totally unmatched. So that's what I do, you know, yeah. and I love what I do. But who I am, I know that I have a responsibility because I didn't go through all that for nothing. So I help a lot of people. Um, that are coming through hard times like this and specifically particularly in bad divorces or bad custody battles where there's estrangement and alienation and things like this happening um, and it's like how do I balance that business and still you know be impactful to my children and, and get those relationships yeah. back and those things and so I work with a lot of people um, you do I'm one of them I'm one of yeah. them so, you, you are. And our, our first conversation, you remember? Yeah, I was just going to get to that. I remember yes. when we first got connected the summer of 2022. And, um, you know, I work with that outreach. I work with Angie. And look, I've, I've told on the podcast, I, I was podcasting a month ago. I said, guys, I got a big decision to make. Um, I, I'm, I either got to drop 85 grand or I don't. And it was for me, the fear of loss of not being able to work with individuals like yourself. And of course, Alaric and Robin, I mean, I, I, mm -hmm. I'm going to miss half the people, Dave. I just start naming people so I don't miss anybody. <laughs> but when we first connected last summer, I remember we had our first call because you were going to write the script for the YouTube video. So everybody yeah. that sees the YouTube videos out there that have hundreds of thousands of views, that's Angie that's writing the script and I'm recording. You're like, oh my God, you podcast in your car in a Dunkin' Donuts parking lot? This is going to be so much fun to write this ad. Do you remember that? <laughs> Yes, yes. I'm like, this is great. Like, I mean, who doesn't want to have a life where you're sitting in a lawn chair, like in your front yard with a margarita waiting for your kid to come home off the bus like that? Yeah. When I first heard every day is Saturday, that was like the visual that I got. Now, I know you're not doing that, but that was the visual for me as a mom. I was like, yeah, I was like, but everybody's, everybody's Saturday looks different. Everybody's, that's, I mean, that's the beauty. Saturday looks different. No, but I love it so much. And the reason why you did that and the name of it just in general, you know, to begin with, every day is Saturday is such a beautiful story of this is, I'm in the zone, you know, yep. 
You're in and that was zone. inspired by a father-daughter relationship as well. Mm-hmm. You know, my oldest, who graduated college last year, but she was only three and a half at the time, asked Daddy, is tomorrow Saturday? And look, yeah. it doesn't take a lot. When your kids talk to you, um, it's different than when you hear it from somebody else. You know, because when your kids start asking questions like, why can't you be home more, Mom? Mm-hmm. Or why can't you be home more, Dad? And look, you can easily say, hey, because I got a job. And for a while, I said that. But then it just got to the point where... Why am I even answering it that way? As if there's no other possibility where I can go with my life. As if this is exactly right. what I need to do in a job for the next 45 years. It's, that right. was crazy. And I started thinking more about it. I'm like, this is crazy. So, you know, when I connected with you guys, those same types of decisions, look, working with that outreach has been amazing. Um, you know, you guys are so committed to the client, um, which is rare. I think, you'll, I think we both can agree with that. Um, and the investment is not small. Uh, but I'm willing to invest really, it's not really, I'm investing in you. I'm investing in me mm-hmm. and I'm asking Absolutely. you to create. Uh, yeah. And I'm asking you guys to, you know, tell me when the bridge is out ahead. And when I was doing that podcast last month, a lot of people were t- messaging like, dude, are you really going to drop 70, 80 grand, whatever it is. And I, Oh my, that's crap. I'm like, no, you, you don't get it. So going back to what you were talking about, I went back to when I first started every day is Saturday. I'm like, well, what do I want to do with this? Do I just want to, you know, stay in this one lane for the rest of my marketing career or do I want to see what else is out there and I want a seat at the table like I -hmm. want a seat at the table with individuals Mm -hmm. that are way further down the road I have no problem saying that like I don't have any pretense saying I am the marketing (laughs) guru you should only listen to me I want a seat at the table uh we were on a mastermind call a few months ago and one dude was dropping either it was either 10 grand a day or 100 grand a day I know it's a big difference but to me the decimal points don't matter once you get that high you know Mm -hmm. on YouTube ads and I'm like hey mm, 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 did I hear that right I raised my hand like oh yeah Sam you have a question yeah real quick did he really say he's spending 300 grand a month on ads I'm like what I want a seat at that table because that's a whole different mindset you know what I'm talking like there's a different mindset it's not about the money. It's the mindset of that, you know? I mean, you have to have that mindset. I mean, I was writing, uh, not writing checks. I was actually sending wires every week, every Friday, you know, $250,000, $300,000, shipping it out there for ad spend every Friday. Like, it does, it does take a different mindset, but there's also strategic byproducts. So I, you know, starting like at the very beginning, like I really think everybody has a song to sing, right? Everybody yep. could potentially be an expert at something and you help people craft their million dollar message. I I think that it's just that not being sure what am I an expert at, right? And does anybody really care about what I have to say? And like, let me just be encouraging to you. If you've been through anything, like if you could come on the phone with me right now and we could just have a conversation, let's not do small talk. First of all, I can't stand small talk, but second of all, If you've been through something, I want to know you. I want to learn about it. I I can learn something from you because of your story. And that applies to everybody else out there in the world. So like the the fact that you create people's million dollar messages and teach them how to podcast is just the coolest thing to me ever because it really levels the playing field. And it lets Mm -hmm. people that think, you know, well, all I have under my belt is some crises. Well, stop asking why those things happen. Have your pity party for 10 minutes and go find the lessons. What are the lessons through those crises that you went through? And now, like, let's go. Go build your million-dollar message because you have a song to sing and the world needs to hear it. Well, Angie, you you don't know my story. You make it sound so easy. You know, you've made millions of dollars. I don't have the high bankroll, and I don't have... I don't know anything about an online funnel or sales copy. You're Angie, okay? So, listen. (laughs) Okay. 
don't talk to me that that, that way. That would be a reply. That would be a reply. <laughs> I didn't know anything. Listen, I didn't know anything. I just knew I needed to figure it out. You know, we have yeah. a choice to wake up every day and what we're going to do with our time. I mean, if you if you're going to sit around and say, oh, like I have these dreams and I wish I could just be this person, then be the person. Yeah, do it. Stop complaining. Yeah. Get up off the couch. Figure it out. Like everybody can do it, you know, and and and. If you are keenly aware that there's a lot of stuff that you don't know, then you're in a great position because every day we all wake up going, what don't I know? I got to figure that out. Isn't that true? Because once you figure it out, you're good. (laughs) Yeah. Like I spend a lot of time. I get up early in the morning and uh, I get up 4, 4.30 in the morning. I go to YouTube and I want to learn something I didn't know. Now, it could be spiritual. It could be golf. Okay. So if you know how YouTube shows like they start targeting you like. When you log into your channel, you start seeing videos. So I'll have like, uh, you know, a Michael Jackson video because, you know, I, that's my music genre. 80s on 8. I think we talked about that. Yeah. 80s on 8. A um, lot of golf videos get targeted to me. But then also uh, spiritual videos, um, how-to videos, technical, podcasting, all of this stuff. And all I got to do is hit play. That's the beauty. The, the really bad, the scary thing about Google and YouTube is they know so much about us. The good stuff is they know so much about us. So you don't have to look far to right. start learning on these platforms. So I'll grab a cup of coffee for 30 minutes or so, and I'll, I'll watch a tutorial video, not wasting time. I'm not watching an English bulldog skate, skateboard down the driveway, okay? <laughs> so it is really hard not to learn if you are so inclined to want to move yourself forward because everything is figure outable and there's a lot of amazing free before you ever get to the paid stuff information yeah. that can start leveling the playing field for you you know what i'm talking about it's so true i know exactly what you're talking about and that's a great way to start every day i've actually been doing uh, miracle mornings you know hey hell elrod will be happy a guest on your on your show but yeah i mean getting up and doing things to grow and make yourself better and that are in alignment with where you're going to go to figure out that purpose. And I'm telling you, a lot of people's purpose comes from those crises. Yeah. Whatever you're But Angie, process- nobody's ever paid me money to, to, for my information. You don't get, you still don't get it, Angie. Not yet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't gathered as much, Angie has a little bit of a sassy side to her that I absolutely love. <laughs> Not yet. Okay. I'm going to still sell you. I'm going to argue for my limitations and I'm not done yet. Okay. Okay. So, all right. Nobody's ever paid me, Angie, for any of my coaching. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, so to think that I can just throw my hat in the ring and get paid to help somebody get through a a situation uh, really makes you sound a bit naive, Angie. You don't know. First of all, have you ever validated what your message really is? You know, what, what, you're, what you have to tell people. If people have a problem and you have a way to solve it, are you even saying it in a way that's going to resonate with people, right? And that comes back to like working with you on, you know, c- coming up with your million dollar message. Like you can go to Amazon and search, you know, like my kid hates school, right? And find like a million books about it. But if you're going to come up with a weird name, that makes no sense, that doesn't tie into what a problem really is, it's good chances that you're just missing the mark with who your audience Mm -hmm. really is, right? So like, have you validated it? Are people really having a problem that you wanna solve? And by the way, have you ever asked? 
Have you ever asked mm. anyone to work with you? <laughs> Have you ever done any work for anyone to affect change in someone else's life, even for free to prove out the fact that you, this is, this is the zone that you should be operating in? If Those I was a coaching consultant. that you should have found? Yeah. No, I love it. So that's my follow-up. Yeah. So I, I, I want to make, uh, make five grand in the next 30 days. I don't have a website. I don't have a business. I know I can help people because I've lost 50 pounds in the last three, six months. So I've, but everybody's into weight loss and physical fitness. It's been saturated. It's been done a million times, but I got to make five grand the next 30 days. How do I get coaching clients or how do I sell my coaching? Whether it's two clients at 2,500, one at five grand, five at a thousand, I got to make five grand the next 30 days. Yeah, well, lucky for everybody now. I mean, back in the day, we'd have to stand like on a street corner with a sign like a poster board, like a kid's car washer. You have an entire internet available to you now. Yeah, right? but everybody so, does it, Angie. Yeah, everybody, you need a website, Sam, or, or, or some kind of web presence if people want to, you know, if you want to let people know who you are and you can start a million different ways and you've got to figure out what's the niche. Like people always say, like, don't pigeonhole yourself, you know, in businesses. Don't do that. Don't pigeonhole yourself. But sometimes the money's in the pigeonholes. And mm -hmm. the other thing is, I think that there's this whole thing of like self-sabotage, right? Or like uh, imposter syndrome that a lot yep. of people deal with. Like, why do they want to hear it from me? Well, sometimes people can hear the same information over and over and over again. Sometimes it's just the person that's saying it to them that hits a certain way and it resonates. And it's like they've heard it for the first time. And yeah. so there are people for everyone. It's just about crafting that message. And so, yeah, you're not going to wake up tomorrow and have a wish. Like I don't have a website or I don't have a web presence and I don't have a message and I haven't figured out what this is. Well, you better get to it because you do need those things. But when you, yeah. when you get yourself together, now the world changes. You know, it's not going to happen by sitting on the couch and having a wish. You have to turn that into an actionable plan and success isn't built from just one big move like I never woke up and just had one big move right we talked about like oh I found a course at a garage sale and six weeks later I have these checks do you think I found a course at a garage sale did nothing for six weeks and all of a right. sudden miraculously had checks it's like the sum total of a million little things but you have to work yeah you know you have to have forward momentum and, and movement to get there and and the ones who have it are the ones who want it yeah momentum's a tough that's a tricky word i love the word it's one of my favorite words yeah. in the english dictionary is momentum massive momentum i used to have a, a product called the momentum club you know and i, uh, I just love i love the word uh and i find momentum is difficult for a lot of individuals you know things that are in motion tend to stay in motion the hardest part is getting yourself in motion you know getting mm -hmm. like you talk get the just get the website done just get the landing page done just get your email your crm whatever it is like if you know you got to get that done go to Fiverr, go to Upwork, hire that yeah. stuff out, pay somebody, whatever. Because Here's the one thing I never realized either is I never realized the value of my time. And I'm embarrassed to say it, but it took me 10, 12 years in entrepreneurship because I was always wanting to do it all myself. I'll do this. I'm not going to pay somebody $500 to build me a landing page. I, that's a ripoff. Well, you know what? When you start valuing your time at 500 bucks an hour, real quick, you soon realize the amount of time and money that it's costing you by not having someone else who actually loves to do that stuff, get it done yeah. quicker, get it done right, while you can focus on your zone of genius, thereby creating momentum, which is the one thing you don't have right now. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like 
It's 100%. wild, man. It's like a chicken or the egg thing. I need momentum, but I got to do all this. I don't have momentum because I've been doing, you know, it's like crazy. Yes. You know? And it's like, don't get stuck in the not deciding which one to do first. Just do something. Yes. <laughs> do all <Yeah>. of it. <laughs> do all of it. Don't yeah, worry about it. which one comes first. Just get, yeah. get through it. You know, it's yeah. funny. There's so many, um, so many cues that we have from nature, right? About how stuff works. And it's like, when things get hard and we're going through stuff, it's like, you better believe that if you're going through something that you deem a crisis of some type, you should get really pumped because there's probably a miracle waiting on the other side, right? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. when we have to go into labor to have a baby, right? And it's arguably the most horrific experience ever. Even the things that modern medicine is able to do, it's still really difficult. But then all of a sudden you have this beautiful miracle. So sometimes these things feel like a really hard, hard climb or a hard thing to get through. But there is something amazing waiting on the other side and you need that prep work, you need that experience, you need that putting yourself into it and going through all of that stuff. Even if it's just setting up your website and doing these things, you have to go through it to get the miracle on the other side. Yeah, you that's true. You wouldn't be ready for what would happen. You wouldn't be ready for your first client if you didn't go Bingo. through oh, the that's stuff so good. you need to to get there. That's so good. Because why would you ever, like, like you're not ready. You're not ready to receive it. Like, oh, I want a million dollars. You would, you're, you're, you'd be like the lotto winner. You'd go broken. Yeah. Okay. You have to go through all of that stuff because when the money does arrive, now you know why you got it. If somebody just handed it to you, you wouldn't even know why you got it and you wouldn't feel like you deserved it and you'd get rid of it as fast as you could. You know, totally. I love that. I love that wisdom. Um, Hey, I'm talking to my friend Angie Whited. We've been going a while now. Um, yeah. I'm definitely going to give you an opportunity to uh, connect with Angie at the end of the podcast. Make sure you get a hold of her and follow her as well. Uh, just a great conversation, Angie. Um, and by the way, Angie's really connected. You've heard like the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. There's like <laughs> six degrees of Angie Whited that she knows everybody. I mean, you know literally everybody in the marketing world. Multi, multi-millionaires. Um, I want to dive into that as well. Like when you... Because, you know, when you're hanging around all the beautiful people, I'm just in Cincinnati, yeah. Ohio. You know, I'm in the Midwest yeah. on a farm. So I'm not down in Naples like you with all the beautiful people and the yachts and all that <laughs> stuff. But it's funny. We're like, oh, hey, Sam, you should have this person on your party. Or, yeah, I got to connect you with this. And you're like firing me. Oh, I got to introduce you to this. I'm like, you know him or you know her? How do you know her? And I'm like, oh, it's Angie. Of course she knows. But That's so what's funny. the when you're in the room with these individuals, is it? Like you're in a room with a bunch of Martians. I mean, I get the sense that like you're a pretty no. chill person in the sense that you're very relatable. You know, you're easy to talk to and things like that. I don't get this, you know, uppity multimillionaire type of lingo. First of all, I wouldn't have you on the podcast. Second of all, I don't get that vibe from you at all. So it's like if I was in a room with you and all your multimillionaire friends, it would almost feel like I was with other people. It's just their bank accounts are so much bigger. It's crazy when you think about it's it that way so true and it's so funny so there's two things to that like I did grow up in Naples Florida right so when I was in high school like the the student parking lot looked like the BMW dealership yeah ridiculous but there's a huge difference in my life here and how all that looked because most of them are like trust babies or like you know they were just born into it magically and so that's yeah. a very different type of person so being in the sort of marketing world and having exposure to people that you know have reached incredibly high levels of success like you know i'm with even even lobbyists that have made it to the top of their game to people like joe polish or hal elrod and those people of the world they 
did this. You know, they have amazing stories of hope and transformation and healing and these things. And because they've gone through something and they turned it into something so miraculous, like when you get in the room with these people, they are just exactly the same human that they always were with the most love and kindness and appreciation. And they always just show so much gratitude and realize that if someone's even five minutes older than you, they've probably got something to teach you. Or if someone's been through a different scenario than you, then they've got something to teach you. And one thing about them that I think is such a commonality is their love for learning. They're wanting mm. to constantly read and grow and they're wanting to just, you know, fill their souls and their minds with more and just constantly evolving into better people. But no, in general, like every person that fits that kind of space are usually just so much fun and don't yep. really have like tons of stuff in common with like other people out there in the world, right? Because what do you talk about? Because yep. when you're reading books, like right now I'm reading this Relentless and you know, I've got, it's like, I want to talk to somebody about this, right? And so you surround yourself with like-minded people. They say that we're, I don't remember who said it, but it's like, we're like the average of the top five people that we hang out with. Yeah. Yeah, yep. so it's just lots of laughs and and everybody's just so real and grateful and wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Are you are you psychologically unemployable, Angie? Could you go back to a job? Could you go to a well, job? Well, technically, have you ever had I a actually, job? I ha technically, I have a job. So I had that job when I was seventeen. Yep. Right. And that was, but I did have a lot of autonomy because the developers kind of liked what I was doing and just let me let me do it my own way. So that was great. Um, and then I, I technically have a job. Like I work with Ad Outreach. I'm part of that dream yeah. team. But this is exactly why, because there is autonomy and I'm just still me, right? And this team, I picked this team, like Alaric Heck is just on fire. He's amazing and is so, like I was describing every other millionaire yeah. marketer out there in the world, humble, kind, like who, when you see him in his omnipresent ads, like if anybody's on YouTube or, and then you see oh, Alaric you, and he's you everywhere. wanna like order a pizza, you're still gonna see Alaric. He's literally omnipresent. <laughs> He's way too young to be that successful, by the way. Way too young. He's incredible. Slight jealousy. Slight He's jealousy. incredible. And he is exactly the same person, like in real life, that you see on the video. He just wants yeah. people to win so badly. And so that's yeah. why, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that outside of this, I wouldn't be employable, nor would I be employed. That's um, right. I did, it's such I a didn't special even, place. It didn't even resonate with me that you have a job because that's how much <laughs> know, autonomy... Like, <laughs> That's how much autonomy it feels like that Alaric gives everybody over there. And mm -hmm. you guys are just out there, you know, doing what you got to do to get stuff done for the client. I don't feel like yeah. it's, hey, I, there's not a receptionist I call or, you know, yeah. anything. It's just, hey, Angie, let's book a call or let's book a call. So-and-so, so-and-so, let's just get on the phone. It feels like you really are doing your own thing, yet you're within that ad outreach umbrella. I think it's just a really it's cool true. gig, but yeah, it also feels like you've, it, it also feels like you have found like a really great season of your life right now. Uh, you know, know, all the stuff that we covered at the beginning of the podcast mm -hmm. to where you are now. How do you feel about the season of your life you're in right now? Um, it's amazing. You know, this is one of those things where it's like, how do you define success? What does it mean to you? And I've had it both ways, you know, the taking home 1.8 million. I mean, I had, I used to joke around, I had a beautiful home, 
But I always used to say I have like a five pound home and a 10 pound driveway because my house was still just like a regular house, but it was really beautiful in Naples. But I had like yeah. all these cars and all this stuff and it was like MTV yeah. Cribs, you know, it was super cool. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, it's like you can't put a price on peace. A steak only tastes so good, right? Mm. So I don't need like a million of them a year. I just, you know, yeah. it, it's like I wanted to not miss anything once the girls were back and everybody was intact and together and safe and happy. And it's like all of a sudden those relationships, uh, being able to cook dinner at night. Um, you know, I have a, a house in the country with some property and like, it's just the greatest existence ever. And I, I get it. to hang out with all my best friends that add outreach all day and this brain trust of people that are so wicked brilliant. And then I get to still be who I am. And all those things that I learned from that six and a half years, I get to still help people that need me when they're having trouble finding those lessons, saying, why is this happening? You know, when you can really yeah. learn how to operate on instinct and, you know, you can build, find, count it all a joy. You can build a crazy, beautiful life by design. And so that's something that I get to just do on my own you know, yeah. being impactful for people. You know, and, and wrapping this up, um, you know, first of all, I, I give you all the credit in the world, man. It, you're just an amazing person. I, I think just the success you've had, it's no, it's not by accident. And I, I kind of, that's where I want to go with this last part of the podcast is that, you know, we started with you having a child at the age of 17 and then everything that you went through with your ex-husband six and a half years without two of your children. Um, there, I can't even imagine an obstacle that would come in your way now where you just wouldn't kick the crap out of it. Like just, just kick it out of it because of everything you've been for, been through. So, you know, like the great Jim Rohn used to say, don't ask for life to get easier, ask for you to get better and stronger because then when adversity hits, is there anything, I mean, I can't imagine a scenario that would come in your way. I'm thinking of business, first of all, like I'm just thinking yeah. we're, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs grip about, oh my God, what if the, you know, the sales aren't there this month that you're, I, I got to imagine, I don't want to put words, you may figure it out. Do I yeah, got that 100%. right? Figure it out. hundred percent, because you know what, for me, and I'm not saying it's a game or I don't take it seriously, especially when it's a client's business, right? Super dialed in and always giving it the absolute best, but that's all we can do. Um, yeah. you know, is give it your best. Like I really believe in life. Nobody's ever any further ahead or further behind than where they're supposed to be. You're right where you're supposed to be right now. Right. Mm. So we make really good gut decisions based on data that we have to back it up and, and maneuver. And that's how businesses grow every single day. Um, for me, I don't think there is any business challenge that I would be concerned about, afraid about, or any of those things, because the stakes for me have never been as high as when it was about my own kids. Yeah. And so since I've gotten through that, I feel like, yeah, man, the sky's the limit. Yeah, the sky's unbelievable. The limit. I love it. Yeah. And, I, and I don't doubt you. I wouldn't doubt you. Thanks, Sam. <laughs> I don't doubt, doubt you either. Ah. Oh, God. What a great, what a great message today. Ignorance on fire. I love that. <laughs> I love that phrase, man. I'm going to steal that. First time, I'm going to give you credit. Second time, I heard it okay. somewhere. Third time, it's mine. So... Perfect. I'm Sounds gonna, good. As, yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Checks out. That's fair enough. Uh, all right, Angie. Let's uh, let's send people your way. Um, what is the best way for any of the listeners, people watching on YouTube, or anybody listening to the audio version of the podcast? Uh, where can we send them? Where's the best place for them to connect with you? Yeah. Oh, for sure. So you can go to findthelessons.com. 
Um, I'm going to do, you know, I have a lot of uh, talks that I do just to help people with those types of crisis situations and how do I navigate out of this. And those are live things with Q&A so you can actually talk to me directly. So find the lessons with an S.com. And uh, yeah, I'll have lots of uh, lots of helpful um, other resources and people there for you for different aspects of, of what you're looking for. Awesome. Find the lessons with an S, findthelessons.com. You can connect with Angie Whited there. Uh, you'll find she's just as awesome as I've found. And uh, Angie, I'm looking forward to working with you again and again and again throughout the rest of this yeah. calendar year. It's going to be amazing. It is going to be amazing. Thank you so much for having me. I feel so honored that I got to be part of this Saturday on Every Day is Saturday. I really appreciate you having me. It's been super Oh, it was fun. awesome. It was awesome. I can't believe it flew by. My God, we're almost at an hour right now. I, 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 I haven't even like scratched the scratch of the surface of stuff I want to talk about. Maybe we'll save it for another one. Maybe, Maybe we'll save it for another podcast. You we never can. know. We'll talk about how badly I, how poorly I play golf after I thought it was going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, we can talk about that with me as well. Same story. The sad part is I spend a lot of money on it. So at least you haven't gone broke trying to figure the game out, you know. And I but won't. That, it's that. It's that entrepreneurship thing, like, you know, I'm just not going to stop. I'm just, like, same as you. I'm going to figure, I'm going to be Tiger Woods. I don't care if I'm 97 years old and I got to bring a flipping wheelchair out, man. I'm going to figure out how to master this game. So, uh, so but everything's true. a game. Yep. Everything's a game. You just said it. It's a game. Life's a game. Business is a game. Golf's a game. When you treat it that way, and I joke around a lot, but, you know, when you treat it that way, you don't get emotionally attached to the outcome and you figure out, hey, a, a is here. I got to connect B. So let's get A to B and we'll figure this thing out. You know, everything's it's so out. true. Yeah. And when life hits you and gets you down, stop complaining about it. Stop asking why. Don't look for blame. Just stop asking why. Find those lessons and create something miraculous. Yes. I love it. We'll leave it at that. Find the lessons. Findthelessons.com. Did I say that right? Right? Findthelessons.com. Yeah. All right. Findthelessons.com. Angie White at Angie. Thanks so much for being on the Everyday Saturday podcast. Thanks, Sam. We'll see you, everybody. Have a great day. And that's a wrap. Another Everyday Saturday podcast in the books. Thanks so much for listening. Would you do your boy a favor? Would you get on iTunes or wherever you listen to the Everyday Saturday podcast and leave a rating for the show? It helps amazing people like you find the show faster. And that's what I'm looking for, amazing people like you. Hey, I'm always hanging out on the interwebs. You can check me out on Instagram, at Everyday is Saturday. Let me know you're listening to the show. Love, 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 love hearing from fans of the Everyday Saturday podcast. And one last thing, when you're ready to launch, get on my calendar, go to launchwithsam.com. You and I are going to work together to set rocket fuel to your dream. Are you ready? Let's do it. I'll see you on the next Everyday is Saturday podcast.